So wh- why basically did you and when did you move to the States? It's been seven and a half years. Well, after I lived in LA, I always wanted to go back. Okay. I just so came, you lived in LA first? Sometime. Yeah, from 89 to 92. And okay. I went to GIT, Machines and Institute, study guitar. Okay. I played in a local band and all that. I came back for a little while, got a new visa. And then I have to come back. My visa expired. Okay. And also my student loan interest rate went from six to 20. Okay. And then I paid it back for, for years. It pretty much ruined me for financially for next 15 years. All right. The Helibor, nice. Helibor, uh was supposed to be really steady and really reliable. The banker that I was, I was doing the loan with, Osus Banki, and we got this new, new thing called Helibor. It's really good. You can yeah. save a lot of money. Ended up losing about 400,000 marks for that. Okay, so was this basically actually, did this somehow relate to that uh, economic Finnish lama? Yeah, yeah, it was de- 89, de- de- yeah, depression. When, yeah, the depression, it's be before depression, when depression started and Soviet Union collapsed, uh, interest, interest rates went super high and like mine went for six, six to 20 for years. And in four years, I paid more interest than my whole principal was on my on my loan. Right, right. And I... So uh, did, you, did you need to basically take the loan to get to that? Was it MIT? Yeah, or yeah was GIT. That? GIT. Guitar Institute of Technology. Machines Institute that is in Hollywood. Okay. I always read about it in guitar magazines. I always wanted yeah. to go there. Okay, that, that's why basically... That's why I went there originally. It had yeah. such a good like a reputation. Yeah, all, all the great guys went there and I was there's always articles about it, how you... You know, practice all week, then you go to the beach a week and say, <laughs> which I did. Okay. It was it was it was one of the greatest years ever. Okay, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, I had to take a loan, personal loan, student loan wouldn't co- cover probably twenty percent. Yeah, and then when the interest rate went super high, I had a good b- paying plan to pay it back in four years, and without the interest rates going down like that, up like that, we had no problem to pay it back. So did you basically have some like you went there after like high school or? Yeah, I went to high, high, high school. Then I went to military. After military, okay. '89, I was 22 when I went okay. there. And you basically been before that been just playing like guitar. Yeah, yeah. On your own in some bands or something like yeah, this. Yeah, in the local bands and basically I went to started taking lessons from Ilkka Rantamäki. Okay. Everybody took lessons from Ilja like late '80s, and Ilja Ilja was already been. Had only been in, in, in GIT for one semester. He was just like, just go take a loan from bank and just go. Okay. I didn't know it's it, it's that simple. So he basically recommended that. Yeah, that I, I always read about it, dreamed about yeah. it. But okay. He just made it sound so simple. All right. So I took student loans, student aid, and just left. Yeah, right. So it's a bit different in the stage. The school actually yeah, costs yeah. quite a lot of money than in Finland. We have this like. A <laughs> yeah. Free education. But think thing about English, schools in America, you have so many choices. Like here for medical school, what they take, like a law school, fifty mm. pe- people mm. in a year. You get so many different levels of educations there. Even yeah. though it, this there's affordable ones too, so you don't have to go to Harvard Law School or something. Yeah, yeah of course. A lawyer. Of course. But yeah. But it's already more expensive. Right. So did, were there also other like Finnish basically? Uh, students at the, at the GIT. Yeah, I was lucky. Sami Kuopamäki was there okay. and Peter Enberg, which is one of the most talented jazz guitar players in the world. All right. Okay. But it's like those guys were and just I was still a beginner. All right. But I was lucky enough to play with them and before the school started, uh, Pete, Peter gave me this this sheet. He wrote it down by hand. He was like 18 at the time. Pretty much the whole sheet was the whole GIT. <laughs> it's like a small okay. print. I didn't understand at the time, but he knew everything already before he went there. He was student of the year and everything. Oh, okay. He, he, and it's, of course, Kuopis was super good already. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a bunch of things there. Yeah. So basically, that was uh, beginning of 90s. That was 89 to 90. Yeah. How has basically the... It was in Hollywood. Or yeah, Hollywood. In Los Angeles, like yeah. in, in the area. How have you been like recently in the Los Angeles? How has it has it changed basically? Yeah, it's it's horrible nowadays. It's, okay. First of all, it's so expensive. I don't know how anybody can live there. Yeah, a lot of people are moving from California either to Texas or Florida. It's losing yeah. a lot. A lot of businesses too, like Tesla left California and moved to Texas. Right, and it's just so many homeless people because they can't afford rent. My daughter lives in San Diego. 
And the only reason she got leave there because she she was in the Navy. Okay. US Navy and they pay for her rent and everything. Right. But it, I think there's some kind of comparison that you do in online. It's I think it's like sixty four three percent more expensive to live in Los Angeles than like where I'm living right now. Yeah, right, right. It's a well yeah, kind of like a little bit not I don't know, is it exactly the same but like for example here in Helsinki area the housing are in completely mm. different like yeah, yeah, rates yeah. than in in like a middle of Finland or Yeah. It, it's even more, but the differences are so big because I live in a different state. Like in Texas, we don't have any state tax. Right, right. In California, state tax and city tax, and gas is twice as much as in Texas. And like my daughter, when she was driving from uh, uh, San Diego to Texas, she was just waiting to pass the, pass the uh, state line because the gas was like two dollars less a gallon. Right, right. When she passed the different state, yeah, next state. So I could never afford to live there. I would yeah. live in a tent and. <laughs> you know, you like, sub- like many of the people <laughs> do, <laughs> yeah. do live there. Yeah, drive a bicycle, live in a tent. So yeah, hell no. I, I went there when I turned 50 for a couple weeks, and it was fun to go, but I would never live there. Yeah. And GIT, the whole school, the Japanese bought them like late late 90s. It changed a little bit, not for the better. And now it's it used to be one year, now it's two years. Yeah. And it's more like a regular school. When it was more like rock school okay. at the time, which okay. I loved. Not, yeah. not not kind of like not like Berkeley, yeah. More like free, open kind of thing. So, right. and like when you had most schools, you have to do this uh, English t- test. Yeah. You have to pass. But for that, they said music is international language. Yeah. So you know, yeah. there was a bunch of people didn't speak almost any English. Right, right. I don't know how they survived. Yeah, uh, that's good. So basically, now you live in in Texas. Yeah. What's the basically the place? I live in Willis, which is like an hour of north from Houston. Okay. I work in Houston. I try one hour one way every day. Okay, so you're doing some kind of uh, what I understand. I'm doing private, kind of se- private security, watching over wealthy people. All right. I was working in a prison for three years, and it's a nice change. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Is there basically any kind of a, a rock or metal scene in the place where there, you live? There's a small metal scene. The country is, of course, big thing. Yeah. But there's, you know, you always see some long-haired guys over there. Some random. Yeah, Lost yeah, but it's not it's people. not that big, but there is and I played in a band a little bit, but that just didn't work out. Yeah. And this more too much 80s hair kind of okay. thing that I I passed it already. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it seemed like I I also visited states uh two years ago and like uh, I know okay, ten years earlier in the like uh, eastern coast. Mm. But it was like pretty difficult for example to find metal bars in New York. Or in like, for example, Pittsburgh or Washington, where yeah. we also visited. For basically Helsinki, with, yeah, yeah. with numerous like metal rock mm. bars. Okay, now they are also a little bit like uh, declining, I think. Mm. But like, it's a, it's a bit non-existing. Like at least in the bar level, bar scene, yeah. the, the metal thing. Yeah. But uh, but I guess there are geeks though. Yeah, yeah. When I went to see, went to Dallas to see, what the, what's the Opeth? And okay. a couple other bands, and yeah. there's a lot of people. Yeah. So basically, those are then, I guess, those like uh, metal kind of bar evenings. Yeah, like yeah events like events. that. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people then. I went to see, I always wanted to see Deep Purple. I have to go all the way to Texas to finally see them <laughs> live. Okay. But Deep Purple is most like old people like me. Yeah. 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 But, but generally, yeah, there's, a, there's still a pretty good metal scene, but it's more modern kind of, kind of what? Probably stuff you play more than I, I used to play. Yeah. I'm still old school. I like for me new band is Dream Theater is new band for me. Yeah, <laughs> when they started '89 <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. okay. So. Has there been any basically new new metal bands which have inspired you or which you have been been digging since Dream Theater came out? Mm, Symphony X maybe. Yeah, a little bit. Same, I didn't same, know. Same I didn't era. even know a lot of new. But I, you know, I listen to a lot of stuff, and sometimes there's something that I like. Yeah. But uh, not like yeah. my wife listens to most more modern stuff, and yeah. I hear it all the time. I think I need to hook you up with some. Yeah, 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 definitely, same. definitely. I'm kind of mostly because I like old kind of like classic metal singing. Yeah. yeah. Kind of high yeah. pitch, you know, and the most stuff nowadays, it's it's not that really. It's, Well, yeah, but then again, of course, you need to basically be listening a lot of music yeah. and like be into. But the, I think there are, but but a little bit into like a decreasing amount of new good bands, which inspire at least, for example, me as well. Yeah. 
But a good song is a good song. Sometimes it's yeah. excellent playing a lot of times, but yeah. I I like something that surprises me. Yeah. Like great harmony. It's not always the same three chords. It's boring as hell. Yeah. Sometimes they work, but they've been played already so many times. Right, right. So now you're now you're basically visiting Finland in a long like it's it's been a long break since you've yeah, been here. Yeah, ever since we moved there, seven and a half years, we came finally. Right. Came here and I suppose looked like a long time. We here like for ten days. It's been going so fast. Yeah. Every day is so busy. Yeah. You can hardly have time to sleep. <laughs> tough. Tough I holiday. I still don't have time to see everybody. It's really yeah. It's too bad. But just next time it's gotta gotta come for two two weeks or more. Yeah. In the next seventy years. Right. Right. Yeah, I need a vacation from vacation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, that's a that's that happens quite often. Yeah, I try not to make that kind of a situation, but it's, but it's not always, of course, possible. And for me, example, this is now a holiday, actual holiday for maybe three weeks of real holiday yeah. since like a couple of years. So really? Yeah. Kind of for me, I was always self-employed most of the time. So yeah. when I finally started working for corrections here in prison. I got my first paid vacation first time after 87. And then to like okay. 2012 it's like somebody's yeah. paying for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. on vacation. Yeah. yeah. That's that is a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really a vacation. Yeah. Right. So basically you went to the GIT and then spent there three years or something like this. All together, yeah. And then you came back to back to Finland. What basically then happened like in the in the like music Ventures. I play this little little band with friend. I don't know. My brother introduced me for a couple of players. Okay. And I played played in a band called Shake a Beer. Okay. <laughs> it was you know I just started. They were good nice guys. We did a lot of different stuff. Played. We did some really also like a Finnish pop kind of project, which never came out unfortunately. It's pretty fun. And then I met Peter James Goodman, Pete. Yeah. And we we played with a band called Room Seven. We played in a Elma Lapsle concert in in stadium there, and after that, I started gigging with uh, with Peter, all kind of you know duo gigs to whole band. Right, right. And after a while, we end up doing the album with the Conquest. Yeah. So how basic did you form then the Con- Conquest? That's me, me and Peter always. Okay. Then we talk talk uh, Elma Lapsle into it. He already yeah. quit playing drums. He was just playing oh, okay. classical percussions, and we just kind right. of. You gonna play with us, okay? And he, he first he was kind of like he was mad because everything that used to be so easy for him wasn't that easy anymore. After I think he didn't play for two years or something. He, when he got back around to it and we started the uh, the album we made. We had Yuka Kolomani playing for bass, which is a great ba- bass player. He lives in Kuopio. But after when we were recording the album in Seawolf Studios in Suomelinna, okay, yeah. Marco was engineer over there. Oh, okay. That's how we met Marco. And later on, he'd start playing with us. Yeah. Well, which which year was that basically when you went to record the album there? Ninety-eight, maybe. Yeah. And then the album came something like ninety-nine. Right? I think it was ninety-nine. Yeah. yeah. And then he did some gigs like uh, around Finland, some clubs. We, yeah, we played a lot. Of, I think, including all the duo gigs, I played like hundred plus gigs for years. Okay. I did a lot of duo gigs with Peter. Yeah. Yeah. But with Conquest, then yeah, we played a lot of yeah, we played a lot, a lot of gigs with the full band too. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And with the, like, did you have actual on, only like uh, Conquest gigs or also the, or were they always basically Conquest plays Metal Gods? It was always Conquest plays Metal Gods. Okay. We always, there was enough material for yeah. it anyway, like the, the just the album, right? So we played not all the songs from the album and then bunch of covers. Yeah, yeah. They were great, great gigs. I was also like attending that's, that's, them. That's, many that's funny. It yeah. was it's fun. It's a great band. Yeah. We had so so amazing players, and Pate on keyboards. He's amazing. He plays in Popera right now. Yeah. He's amazing player. Yeah. So it, it couldn't go wrong, really. Yeah, yeah. Those were legendary. Those ceiling passer gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you played a lot of gigs in that. Place. Uh, we played a lot of gigs. Sometimes somebody went to the gig and somebody canceled. Like we don't have a written contract, so go away so we called an owner and he's like just come here i pay you okay, i'll give yeah. you a pizza yeah, yeah. we played there so many times yeah. sometimes the thing we just went there for the pizza <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah it's a lot of fun and sometimes people ask me why, why you don't sing like i have a pete and marco in my band i'm gonna sing are you crazy okay, but you have some kind of like a background in singing or why were they asking that thing <sighs> well 
When I was a kid, I was singing in a church choir. Before my voice changed, I actually had a great voice. I was singing soprano in cantores minores, but no, I ain't singing anymore. I sound like shit. Yeah. I know that, and I, I played sometimes sang maybe like Buddha, Ch not Buddha, Ch like Purple Haze or something. Yeah. Anybody can sing Hendrix, but yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I tried singing, and I tried, but I know it sounds like crap. Yeah. So it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if you are thinking about the, like inspirations for the music. At least in our talks, Dream Theater has often came mm -hmm. come up. But like, is, is that basically the biggest one, or are there then also? There's other a lot of. Ones? I think Dream Theater was more like when all the crunch crap came. I hated crunch. Ninety was horrible. Dream Theater was like a like a promise in the middle of all the bullshit that there's still be people doing music. Right. But I started listening to Queen, Van Halen, Frank Marino is one of my biggest influences right. as a guitar player. I was huge with Van Halen. I tried to play that stuff for years and years. Then Ingve came. I went completely crazy. I, I, I practiced Ingve for years, and actually I was able to play a lot of this stuff. But nowadays, it's kind of strange to me. I have some some stuff that comes without even knowing. I played so many times. When it's harmonic minor time, Ingve comes out yeah. without even thinking about right, it. Right, right. But he was so different when he came. Nobody played like that, and I always wanted to learn. Outplay scales in a rock context. Nobody else really did it, so I loved it. Too bad he's not that great anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think like at least for me, the latest really good Ungvi album was the Facing the Animal. I agree, actually, absolutely. Really good album. The last one I liked. Yeah, I think Seven Sun was still great. I went to see them in Helsinki. But, but wasn't that before? That Facing was before, the, yeah. yeah. Then Facing the Animal was like a last promise. They still had a, but nowadays he's, I'm not saying that musicians are bad, but they're not well known, so he can just be the dictator yeah. and tell everybody what mm -hmm. to do, and it's not a good idea. Yeah, and he has basically somehow, I think, I don't know where there are the producers in in the earlier, like, good good Yngwie albums. They, they were, and it, like, Odyssey was com completely produced by somebody else. I liked Odyssey, it was more commercial, but I think it's pretty good. Yeah. So I guess it's a little bit similar kind of a thing, uh, which I think, at least to me, which happened a bit with Dream Theater. They yeah. ditched the producers and started producing themselves, and then they could, because they know what to do, and they can do mm. whatever they want to, and then it kind of sounds a bit like that sometimes. Yeah, the, I think there the needs album. to be somebody saying outside saying, no, this sounds like shit. Uh, just just don't do it. Yeah. Like like with Ingve. Especially, I, I think, sorry for interrupting, but like... Yeah. Uh, Especially, I think, in these like super technical super players like yeah. Yngwie and Dream yeah. Theater, somebody yeah. needs to be saying, hey, hold yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. And Yngwie should never sing. It's just, he's not the most horrible singer, but he used to have great singers. Yeah. But Yngwie well, yeah. is cheap. He's, ma he's not making the money he used to. So that's why keyboard player or bass player is singing, because he don't want to pay extra person. Right. I saw his live from Houston like two years ago, and that time he sounded super bad. Now, last live I, I saw on YouTube from uh, Las Vegas, I think it was pretty decent. They had vocal harmonies. He didn't play uh, play by himself for like half an hour, and because that's boring for everybody. Even me, when I was even big Ingve fan, when he played for 30 minutes, like yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Play some songs, please. Yeah, it was horrible. Like when they played in Kulturitala, Ingve. I don't mm. know which year it was, but there was also Derek Sherinian on the keyboards, yeah. and like uh, and. Half of the show was stolen exactly by Yngwie doing his yeah, yeah, guitar yeah. wanking and like I left early <laughs> early the gig because it just didn't. Yeah, that tells a lot. Come to an end. But like when he played uh, uh, Seven Sign Tour, he played in Atavastia, and there was mostly just complete whole songs. He didn't stop in the middle of the song and solo for 15 minutes. There were good songs, yeah. great band, yeah. great singer. Right. It was a great gig. Yeah, like if you have a great songs, fucking play them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like. Yeah, you're a good player, but also I think nowadays he just he just plays the same all the time. If you don't play any harmonic minor for a whole song, I'm happy. Yeah. Like it uh. actually happened twice. One of the new songs, I didn't like the songs even that much. I was so happy he didn't go for that. Like that comes from his just some, from his backbone. Every time you have to go the harmonic minor and just to play the same licks all over again, he, it's been done. It's yeah. fine. You can do it. Don't do it anymore. Right. I'm always hoping he would open up for new sound shades, kind of like Mixaluni and Dorian, kind of like open up, because he's super talented. Yeah. He could do so much more. Yeah. But pff, I don't think it's ever going to yeah. happen. Or he could just write again good songs and 
No, uh, but, but proper. Then he needs to be, has have a great singer yeah. who's gonna be gonna be doing the songs with him, and like when Jolene Turner was there. He wrote a lot of those melodies. Even Ingvi saying he wrote everything, but it's not true. You can see, you can hear from the melodies. Then Charlie Turner did a lot of melodies, and they sound different. Yeah, it needs to be somebody like a compressor limiting your crap that you can do because if a dictator, nobody's telling you that's not a good idea. Yeah. But I have to say, like one which was surprising to me, but I think for that that kind of a Hendrix style of a singing like that while magic guitar gently sweeps that yeah. is the Beatle, Beatles cover yeah. by Yngwie. at least I like that one yeah, that, that was, was the best one I've heard from yeah, Yngwie yeah, but from okay, that album also but okay it wasn't his own song yeah. though but yeah, yeah that's actually even his singing kind of suited for that yeah, it, yeah. for me as well like, yeah. I like that song that's a, that's a great song mm. I also like Vinnie Moore's version of it and I've heard it okay I haven't I think it's I from his I think third, first, third or second solo album it's just okay. a, all, all a Instrumental, but he plays amazingly. Right. Vinnie Moore is a huge influence for me. Okay, I've been following him and tried to play his stuff for years. I, I, I had a lot of students for over years, a couple hundred students, and they all played Vinnie Moore. They all played Yngwie, and I always, I was, at the beginning, I just came back from GIT. I tried to make everybody the best guitar player in the world, and they just wanted to learn how to play Christmas songs or something. And I made them improvise okay. over Christmas songs like chord progressions. Like I just want to learn how to strum this. So it <laughs> took me it took me a while to understand. Some people don't yeah. want to be improvising yeah. over those chords. They just want to learn the basic yeah. things. Right, right. So you were doing basically those uh, guitar lessons when you yeah. came back. Yeah, I had a lot, a lot of students. I was teaching in one music school once a week okay. and have like 30 to 40 students a week at home. Okay, all right. So that basically provided also some decent in income in a way. Yeah, it was like okay, but then you have a Christmas break and Heath Loma and summer break. And those months I was struggling. Yeah, right, right. And also Peter wanted to take one month off the year. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And then I was, you know, I was in minus for a couple months, and they was trying to gain back to getting back to even to pay my bills. Yeah, right, right. It's hard to be a musician. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Yeah. Or like doing basically freelance, any kind of job, yeah. at least till some point, until maybe at some point that basically the bank explodes and somehow yeah. you start getting a lot of lot of gigs. It's kind of because you never know how much you're gonna make. Yeah, that's true. And then it's gonna be go a week, go in school or something yeah. and nobody comes and right. I think I'm gonna get 300 something a week paying a bill, they're yeah. not getting anything. So next week I'm gonna be a week behind on everything. Yeah. But anyhow, I still loved it. I burn out a little bit teaching so much. Okay. So later on, I only have like advanced students that came once in a while. I gave them something for a whole month. They came back. And then I have a couple of students like Vico Corson and he just technically could play anything. I mean anything. Yeah. I gave him Erotomania, you know, Green Theory. There's a Queen Chapla thing in the middle, which is super fast, super. He came back in a week and played with Metronome. I was like, Motherfucker, I can't even play it myself yet. Yeah. Okay. And he went to Berkeley School of Music. Okay. He's got a, he yeah, actually earned a scholarship for that. And he's super talented. And there's nothing in this world he can't play. All right. There's yeah. some people that just technically are so so great. Yeah. And I remember also like you were with Conquest, you played also some show in Yurki TV show, the legend, yeah, yeah. legendary. Well, it's when the album came out when yeah. he did, did a live show and interview. And that's actually pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Everything yeah. went well. And it was all live, so you yeah. can't make any mistakes. I wasn't worried about my playing so much that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break a string or something yeah. stupid is yeah, going to yeah, happen. Of course. But everything went well. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. I think Yurki was a really great platform for yeah. like new bands, especially at that time. I think I would think that also uh, Finnish metal scene uh, like a basically owes a little bit to that show yeah, because yeah, it's a really yeah, great way to promote your band and like kind of bring metal to fin finish kind of Finnish MTV kind of idea yeah. Yeah, it worked well for a while but then we had a record deal with the uh, English record company and we had a distribution deal with uh, what's the biggest record company in Finland for metal what the hell it's called uh, Depends, I guess. I guess back in the day it was Spine Farm. Yes, but Spine Farm. I already there was add out for our, our, our album add out in the sound and everything, and they start arguing with the uh, with the British uh, record company. They are sending all the albums back to England, so we we advertising for an album you can buy. 
Okay. Then we had to make a private deal with the pr private distributor. We finally got the album out, but it's months later. Yeah. So that kind of went sideways big time. Okay. Yeah. That's always nice. And also, you know, they still owe us, I think, $5,000. We got a, a Japanese deal, like a, a extra deal for Japan. He, the owner called me all the time, you know, I need to sign this, get $5,000 for that. After that, I couldn't reach him. <laughs> we never got the 5000 bucks. The album was out in Japan, but yeah, they never paid us any money. Okay, nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's, I was kind of annoyed because I know they're like not big, uh, big company, but I was watching over there. They're making good. They did yeah. like mid-sized regular company. There are a lot of artists. It's not like they didn't have money. Yeah. And they never paid yeah. us that. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah, motherfuckers. I always feel like I want to take like an Ilta Sanomat trip. I'm going to go and just, you know, take the money from the guy. They're going to videotape <laughs> me, you know, strangling that guy and taking money personally. I was so mad. At that. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be best advertisement. But, yeah. but I, was, I was so pissed. And it just, because they had the money. I, I we did everything right, and they just one time they said we can pay you with your own albums. Like, hell no, give me money. Yeah, I don't need any more albums. Right, never happened. Yeah. So what about basically the the teaching which you did? Are you have you been do, giving also lessons in the in the states, or what's the basically the deal with that? Now? <clears throat> I've been so busy working. Okay, I've been thinking about it, and people be asking me about it. But I've been working so much. I worked pretty much six to seventy hours a week. Okay. And that's uh, quite a lot. Yeah, I just when I have time off, I just don't feel like doing anything right. extra. Right, right. Before I was working for prison, I was super exhausting, and I was working even more. Yeah, I was working four days off, four days on, and when I was off, I didn't want to do anything. Yeah, right, right. Working out, that that's it. Okay. I was practice. I was practice all the time, but playing for my dogs is not the same thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. But that, they're my audience. Right. The whole like new scene music business has changed so much like this is the new music business anything online youtube yeah. yeah i don't know how people make money anymore they don't there's no album sales streaming don't pay you anything pretty much yeah but i, I guess though now the well depends you need to have a big big audience but at least mm. the twitch streams which i don't actually mm. even know myself even mm. much about but i think they have somewhat of a uh, uh kind of a I don't know what's the basic monetization, even with smaller audiences, okay. that you are able to get quicker some kind of income with the uh, with the streams. Whereas in, in YouTube, you need to basically reach a certain amount of bigger audience. Of course, I guess there are limits in the Twitch as well, but like yeah. uh, in YouTube, uh, at least then those who uh, manage to get a big following, then it's possible to get the proper income as well from YouTube, just, mm. just doing YouTube, but of course yeah, it's a bit bit different different kind of a thing than playing gigs and... Yeah, and like people used to make money from albums. Yeah. And I, I like when you have physical album, like yeah. I hate downloading stuff and I, I like LPs, like yeah. all the cover art and everything, it was so different. Yeah, but it, it's a different experience kind of a yeah, I, added. I need to buy all, all LP player and just start yeah. buying LPs again. Yeah. I, I unfortunately have to sell everything when we move. So all my CDs, all my LPs. But I didn't want to sell all my guitar magazines. I started sub subscribing Guitar Player every 83. And all the guitar players, everything. And I didn't want to sell them, but it's, it's too expensive. So yeah. I had to get, I saved a couple extra copies that I really liked, but extra, right. extra ones. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Do you basically use Spotify or this kind of like in order to listen to music? It's YouTube. I don't even have a Spotify. Okay. I do actually, but I never open up an account. Yeah. I've been right. thinking about it for six years now. <laughs> <laughs> never. Yeah. Only yeah. when people put sp put stuff out like songs, you don't want to listen, put it out there, like in Facebook, it's Spotify opens it. Yeah. And I don't have a Spotify. Yeah. Well, I do, but you know. Yeah. Maybe one day actually yeah. get yeah. around to it. Yeah. yeah, but it's only mostly YouTube. Yeah. I kind of like, I kind of don't like YouTube because I don't know how the copyright stuff works in YouTube because people just, it don't really. I think like YouTube, uh, at least my understanding, I'm a, an expert on that, but uh, you're able basically at least you can also see in the video descriptions, it mm. will read the credits yeah. and it will basically then play, basically pre, uh, pay royalties to the mm. actual like uh, creator of the music and you are not able to monetize of course like your 
channel for posting other people's yeah. copyrighted music. So at least to some extent it, it does work. Or I guess it works works as it should be, but uh, I guess the income is not still not yeah. not too big. But like if somebody w- would put our stuff out and this, you know, I'm sure I'm getting getting no money. Not like a lot of people are listening to it, but I yeah. think you have some kind of deal with the YouTube. They know even who who to pay for. And I know who Rick Piado is. Sorry? Rick Piado. I follow him, he's got like two and a half million followers. He's a music producer, okay. started doing whole, whole YouTube channel five years ago. He's super cool, I w- w- listen to him all the time. He makes this series, what makes this song great? And right. even though he's he's putting this hour long, half an hour long video about how this song is so great, and they still they still want him want the video out, the original, even though he's like making new kids follow, understand new songs they never heard in their life, and appreciate them and listen to them and still a lot of bands just want him to take the video out yeah at least he's demonetized for all time yeah he's always kind of frustrated like like i'm telling you a song is great for people never heard about before they're going to listen to it and you want to get rid of my video yeah but he also he analyzes stuff what i love i like to analyze songs and you know chord progressions and stuff my wife goes crazy when i do it when we listen to music and he goes to goes to all extent analyze the chord progressions and intervals and shit and it's so fun to listen to me yeah. is he is he that is it that gray-haired guy if yeah, I yeah, yeah 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 right he's a cool guy right so that's basically one of the channels which you are following in, yeah yeah i'm following him all the time okay and he analyzes analyzes all kind of because i like like analysis of uh, chord harmonies and when people are using maybe more advanced chords and harmonies that just regularly i love that yeah I always try to do something if I do a song, at least there's a one part which is gonna be like, what? In a good way. Yeah. Not so, uh, what the hell happened, but. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it, stuff is so like, I always know what's next. Yeah, yeah. And so unpredictable, un- yeah. so, so it's, it's yeah. boring. Yeah, right. With Ingve, it's like, it's always waiting for that moment, like, really? But it's like, yeah, I know what's going next, yeah. I know what's going next, I know what's coming next. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. That's right. That's why I like three in theory too. But a lot of the chord progressions to keep evolving and evolving and moving and moving and chord changes and stuff and modulations. That is a lot of fun for my ear. Yeah. Yeah. But some people like some so some straights. Yeah. At least I, I don't know about now since after Portnoy left the band, something some ingredient to me is quite a bit missing in the in the Dream Theater these days. I listen to new albums but I don't kind of get a grasp about them same time, same way I did before. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting older too. <laughs> but, maybe old, but the old, old albums, some of them are. St- I still listen mostly the, I don't know old albums, but like '90s, yeah, late '90s albums more. Right. And Images Awards, of course. Yeah. When I'm super tired of driving home, I put it on. I'm I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's always it's always great. Yeah. Okay. I played that so so many times. All all the songs, all the solos, everything. I I don't remember how to play it anymore. Some of the stuff is super difficult. I loved it. It's great practice too. Yeah. Right, right. So basically, now then, after your holiday ends, you're going back to states. Back home. Usual. Back back to working, and I back to my my travel guitar. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I got my mini travel guitar. I play in my truck for lots of times doing extra jobs and. That pretty much kept keeps my chops up right now. Right. I, I just uh, just four hours I practice techniques and shit. There's nothing else yeah. to do, and it actually helped me a lot. Yeah. The stuff that I kind of tried to practice for years, kind of helped me, kept me, helped me getting that through. Because now nowadays, if I play, I just jam. I put backing track, I jam. Yeah. I don't really practice practice, yeah. which would be good, but. Yeah. But what's basically the point? Unless you have. Some kind of a thing yeah, you yeah, need to prepare for. Exactly, a, I got a gig coming up or something. Yeah. I need to practice these songs. That's different. Then you actually have motivation to do it. Otherwise, yeah. it's like if something I don't need, why practice it? Yeah, right, right. But hopefully, you know, at least we're gonna do our stuff. We're just gonna help. It makes me push myself. Yeah, actually get something. Do a one whole thing. Like I'm, I'm kind of when I practice stuff, I take a little part of this song. I'm really, really bad about practicing the whole thing. Yeah. Now yeah, yeah. it's gonna make me actually practice the whole song and actually do a one a totality of something. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually like a, for me as well. 
when I basically launched my the YouTube channel, one of those reasons why I launched it was to basically kick myself in the butt to basically force myself to go to practice and like basically look deep into the, for example, how to produce sound or tuning or or technique and yeah. things like this. And basically through that, basically fi- found a way or a reason why I would be practicing because there's something, if I'm recording something and I'm putting it out yeah. for people to listen, so there's something, there's some kind of goal in it yeah. rather than basically how it used to be. Basically, we were doing like uh, albums with uh, with my band, but uh, that was basically that. And it might sometimes take a lot of years between the albums, yeah, like yeah. several several years. <laughs> and, uh, and now basically to push myself more during even that kind of like downtime to focus on technique and by putting like stuff out yeah otherwise it's gonna be just kind of noodling yeah just just doing something yeah that's i'm gonna launch my youtube channel i wanna finally hopefully yeah when we're done with the song and which, uh, which song are we talking these? about that the steve Vai, yeah tender surrender which is it's not the difficult song one but people are comparing to you to steve Vai, he start thinking about differently like you gotta yeah. you have to make it sound it good and different yeah there's certain standard kind of like yeah i, I don't want to be like okay this sounds like crap yeah and uh, that's kind of that pushes me a lot and yeah. I, I but now i'm not satisfied with anything yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. yeah and also the struggle with the recording which being kind of like you know yeah pain in the ass uh, so basically you haven't been like i don't know like the people who might be watching yeah. this is like that we have this uh project to make like a kind of a cover of the Steve Weiss Tender Surrender song and like uh, so and to also like record it you would be recording it likely in the in the States and yeah. me here in, in Finland in this modern <laughs> new way yeah, yeah. and also release it at some point uh, so basically before this you have never been basically recording with computer as no well. not at all I'm I'm last time I think I used the Tascam board studio for like C cassette so yeah so know. I'm completely out with this, and but I don't know stuff that I probably not been having. Sometimes makes no sense, even though it's probably it's not me, of course. But yeah, it's it's been a struggle to get used to that digital yeah. recording. At least when you have the actual recording studio, everything mm. is right there. But you know when it's on computer, it's yeah. A there's a lot of like uh, uh, too many options to too many places you can mess it up yeah it's certain set certain things need to be basically covered yeah. you need to basically take time to sit down and understand the basics but once i think mm. once you get them laid down then it starts to be more enjoyable yeah, yeah. i'm sure experience yeah. but yeah I, I need to buy the speakers too because my speakers are full of crap right now right so that's one thing and i need to buy better earphones and a lot of stuff that yeah. needs to be done at least i can record now yeah, you, you got into that point now that uh, yeah. press record and actually get something. Yeah, yeah, the, because I, I was getting so frustrated. I was losing my <laughs> losing my mind with that. But <laughs> yeah. well, it's getting there. Yeah, I really want to get it really well. And when we're ready with that, I'm gonna launch my YouTube channel. It's gonna be instructional videos and stuff there. Okay. Yeah. I want to want to kind of like stuff that I really like. Yeah. So basically, like uh, as you had the have the background in the teaching to maybe also start posting some teachings or like lessons on yeah yeah YouTube. yeah it's kind of losing arpeggios and sub arpeggios kind of stuff that i like yeah i think it sounds a little bit different than basically linear stuff that people are doing yeah they open up a little bit yeah playing playing yeah not quite yeah i bet it's gonna be interesting once you get there yeah yeah i already planned a couple couple lessons out but before we i want to get this device song done and open up with that before I do anything else. Fuck, I'm scared. We have now said it out loud. That yeah, that's we might thing. be putting yeah, yeah. out. That's so a that's people, dangerous thing to that do. <laughs> that's the only way probably get anything done. Yeah. Like a that's lot right. of times, when you book a kick, even before you practice that stuff, then you actually practice it. It makes you do it. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times, oh, you book a time for recording, and it's time to start practicing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It pushes you to do it. Yeah, it really makes you have to do it, especially if you say it out loud. Yeah, and then. I have some, some really... Like, like advanced stuff I want to do it with steel. I don't know if they're gonna ever work. But I'm gonna try them. Yeah. Some little chassis stuff, and I only know how they're gonna sound out when I record it. In yeah. my head, it sounds good, but yeah. it might completely not fit it at all. Yeah, we will see then how it's, <laughs> how it's gonna be eventually. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. it's a great song. Yeah, that's why it's also yeah 
it's demanding because he plays so well. Yeah, and it's kind of also like with, with drums. It's kind of like a simple, but then you need to still nail it. Also, nothing is basically simple if you want yeah. to basically nail it. And then you have to put your own own sound and own yeah. thing to it. Yeah. Because you don't want to play the same, but the original trauma plays, it makes no sense. Yeah, right, right. I, I definitely don't want to play what Steve Vai played. Yeah. I made still a couple of things from him. Yeah, Just yeah, accidentally yeah. put it there, but... Yeah, to basically recognize this, this song. Yeah, yeah, and of course the theme is going to be about the same. Yeah. I'm going to alter a little bit, of course, but yeah. it has to sound like the same song still. Yeah, but it definitely is not, not easy, like, uh, to... Also then, as we are planning to have it on video as well, you need to have that and yeah, then also too, a yeah. lot, of, lot of like moving, moving things. Parts, and for yeah. especially for you, since you haven't been doing much of a, or anything with, with computer and like uh, filming. So yeah, it's challenging, yeah. trust me. It's yeah. like senior citizen trying to learn work computer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, it doesn't happen just like that. And no. especially if you want to then also nail it. But uh, let's hope it's worth the effort. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I just, yeah. I, I want to, make a good video good, i want to make it sound good or look good <coughs> otherwise it makes no sense yeah That's right so let's see today also we are planning to make a little jam yeah like uh, here let's see what comes out of that as well yeah well i'm with me i'm almost improvising i really yeah. don't yeah. plan anything yeah. out yeah. now with uh, steve i so we're actually gonna have to plan a little bit yeah otherwise it's gonna yeah. take too long <laughs> right but like even for the for the solos and conquest there's only one solo that's actually planned out. Everything else, I'm yeah. just noodling around. I hope something comes out. Something, yeah. something happens. Yeah. Sometimes not. Yeah, there's different methods for sure to like yeah. get things done. But it doesn't matter what is the method as long as it as long as yeah. it works. Like but I don't like it too different. planned. Like I was kind of disappointed when I saw Marty Freeman with the Megadeth, and he played everything note to note exactly the same way. I was hoping he would improvise a little bit. You mean like uh, Marty playing earlier Megadeth stuff, or he's like no, no, no. I mean, I saw them like hundred years ago with the uh, with Poland, Poland, and in, no, it's when Marty was playing. Still, I saw them with uh, with his band, with the other. No, I saw them with Megadeth, and I that was like that's a long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I knew all the solos. I was hoping he would alter, change them a little bit, improvise a little thing. Everything came from note to note, exactly the same as the album. It's boring to me. You mean like like the earlier Megadeth stuff? Yeah, yeah. When like Hangar 18 and that stuff. Uh, so basically stuff he uh, played on the album, but yeah. you would like would have liked that on, I, on live he would play. The yeah, a little bit differently. Okay. Improvise a little bit, alter a little bit. Okay. For me, it's boring if it's not to not exactly the yeah. same as an album. Yeah. It's a t tough one, though, then when you have these certain like highlight solos or yeah. highlight drum fills even. Like uh, sure, some kind of like a variation can be there yeah. but then you can't say no i don't like to change it too much yeah but a little bit of something yeah. extra for the for the live right right but yeah. i like Mark. he's a great player yeah he's super original yeah. way he holds the pick like this looks yeah. like he's just got some kind of injury in his hand but he plays excellent yeah. he was actually teaching in git yeah that was before i make a death right and they they quit his lessons because nobody came why he was so weird He's a great guy, but he's 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 a strange guy. The way he was teaching was super weird. So he was he was there at the same time when you were. Uh, he was as, a, as a, like a uh, kind of like celebrity teacher. He came uh, okay. came a couple times a week. He gave his uh, like extra lessons, like 15, 20, 20 people. So he was showing stuff. But everyone wanted to see this fast cacophony, whatever stuff he did before. But he wanted, he put the clean song sound out. He played all this. Now would be interesting, but those time people just wanted show me the fast sweep or something. Okay. And he didn't want to play that stuff. He yeah. wanted it's more philosophical stuff, and more improvising and changing from minor to major between the solo and stuff. Guys like, where's all the fast stuff? Yeah. <laughs> no, people weren't ready for that. But was th this was basically before he joined Megadeth. Yeah, that's before Megadeth. Yeah. After Megadeth, he was probably too busy. But yeah, I, right, I, right, I'm right. sure it would be full of every day yeah. <laughs> after that. Yeah. And he was great player still at the time, but yeah. He's original. Yeah. Sure. I, I went to see him. I loved him. But you didn't jo join his lessons? Yeah. I went there a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. And I had a chance to play with Paul Kilbert once. That was great. Okay. So he was uh, as well like, uh, was he a student or then as a... like? A yeah, he was student original. Then he came to you know, no, play there all the time. Then there was like a raffle. You can have, you can win a chance to play 30 minutes with Paul Gilbert. Okay. So I went to play with him. Was, but still he sounded like bunch of other he was great and technically excellent and a fun guy but he didn't sound really any different from all the students over there okay. in 
he's yeah. really, really, really talented and really, really fast. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun, but it's like, he's kind of like jamming out the other guys. Yeah. He wasn't, okay. I don't know. But it was, it was great. Yeah. I never recorded it, I lost it. Too bad. Oh, okay. I was jamming with him, so I wanted to. Okay. Too bad it's gone somewhere. It's somewhere in my C cassette. Okay. Right. Cool. And then you also did, uh, in the 90s, you did this, uh, uh, was it Rainbow Tribute thing in, in Tavastia? Yeah, yeah. The first Rainbow Purple Tribute. The first one was excellent. Uh, I was the f- we were the first band to start. It was sell- sold out Tavastia. Start with Highway Star. You can't go wrong. Yeah. yeah, it was so much fun. So did you say it was the first of those? Were there yeah. multiple of those kids? There was uh, there was two. I played in two of them, been okay. several after that. I played in the first two ones. Okay. But the first one was magic, kind of. It was first time we ever did it. It was toughest of completely full, sold out. It was a great feeling. We had a great band. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, also like there were, at least, was Tolki also playing one of the Dimpo was in the second one, I okay. think, if I remember correctly. Okay. And first one, there's... Marco was there. Oh, what's the second? One? I don't. It's a long time ago. There's a bunch yeah. of videos from. That. I think the first one. Marco was in the first one too. I played Speed King with him and a couple other songs. Right. And also we played with the Room Seven at the at the Olympia Stadium. So Room Seven was the first band with. First the band with the, with, with the Peter yeah. Bete, and at the time I was playing with guy, uh, good friend of mine, and also what's his name, the drummer. Well, it's CMX later on for years. I'm getting old. Can't remember those names anymore. He was a great drummer. He, Pepe, Thomas Pepe. He just came from the uh, Musicians Institute, from Drum Institute, okay. and he was in like a overload. He was in great condition. He wanted. He'd been practicing for a whole year, everything, and he wanted to put everything out. He never really played heavy metal in his life, but he he was super good. Okay. It was a great gig. So what was this? Uh, where was this LML Upsell? It was uh, Helsingin Olympia Stadium. Some cha- chari- charity concert. Yeah, chari- the first those charity concerts okay. ever made. Okay. And So um, what what were you playing there basically then? Hmm? What were you playing there? Uh, Some other ba- people's music, like other bands' music. No, we played our originals. Ah, okay. Only originals, which okay. kind of. Okay. Uh, interesting, uh, interesting. Alma <laughs> Lapselle. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like progressive, kind of like pre terrorist kind of like heavy yeah. metal. Right, right. And but I lost that tape too. I know some people still have the video. I would yeah. love to have it. Yeah. Would be good promotional stuff too. But right. How did that uh, the uh, Rainbow tribute? Uh, Basically, who who basically organized that? I think it was Samuel Yulha. Right. Sami was helping us a lot. He gave, he was actually one that uh, found us for the record deal to, to to England and everything. Okay. Yeah. And he's he actually, I got to know him. He was selling bootleg videos from concerts. I wanted to get yeah. Frank Marina video so bad. I was finally able to find some from him, yeah. and he came. Some became a really good friend. Yeah. Sami is also like I also. Got to know him, and mm-hmm. we also like friends, and like he definitely had like a lot of archival, like uh, brilliant, like video stuff. Yeah, so, some yeah. of them were actually in this, in this close <laughs> closet of mine, and some of them also ended up in the Tarot's DVD on the second, like the yeah. extra, extra DVD, the Numerox stuff. And he had stuff nobody tapes. else had, yeah. like Roller yeah. I don't know where he got them, and he's a great guy. He helped us a lot. Yeah, he lives in New York nowadays. Yeah. Yes, it's actually I think he's in Finland right now. Ah, oh, okay. I was supposed to go to New York and see him, but then that never happened. Yeah, yeah. It's he, been a while since we had sauna with him last time. Maybe, yeah. maybe ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah, and he always knew everything about all the scene. Yeah. What's what's going on? You more than anybody else, pretty much. Yeah, and he was also DJing at a uh, corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that. Yeah, that's how I originally also knew him. But yeah. I knew him before that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someone was there. Yeah, and you were also there on the at the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was bouncer for. Probably ten years. Yeah, right. I, I you know, I know how I end up doing this stuff, but it, but corner was a good place. Yeah. After a couple of first years, you know, people kind of learned that you don't want to fight with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were some. They're, they're always going to be a kind of original, kind of yeah. like taking us out and think what what you can, what you can do, what you can't do inside. Okay. But when yeah. was mostly peaceful. Yeah. Only time mostly anything happened when some not heavy metal people came in to start right. laughing and all those long-haired ass wipes and yeah. of course people got mad and then you have yeah. to go and kind of make sure nobody dies so before corner there was there were certain i i came to helsinki area like in 2001 
and then corner was very much alive. But before that, I have no idea what was going in the scene of the metal bar scene in Helsinki. Honestly, I mean, know it myself. Corner was my first kind of, kind of like contact with the heavy metal bar scene, and it was just by accident. And now, if actually Sami, the one of the old bouncers got fired, and Sami yeah. said he knew me as so I'm bouncing, and he introduced me the, to, to the. Maria was taking care of a corner, corner, and they actually because of Sami, I got the gig. Right. Okay. And I was bouncing a little bit before that, but you know, heavy metal bars seemed like perfect thing for me. Yeah. I'm playing, you know, working with Tommy, which was one of my best friends. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, for one time, we both have a guitar and an amplifier in in an Arica, and <laughs> I was practicing, <laughs> teaching his staff, we're playing with two guitars over there. Okay. So it's cool. Good times. Yeah, it was good times. Yeah. And the beginning also was good money. Later on, not that much. Okay. Right. The whole uh, the whole business is ruined, man. I was uh, we just have a like, get together with a bunch of old bouncers. Nobody does that anymore. It's it's all changed, unfortunately, not for the better. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think I've done my bouncing already. Yeah. I thought about it a couple of times in Florida and Texas, but maybe not. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's you know, I don't need to be fighting with kids anymore. Yeah. Right. It's good to go forward in life. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. It's just like it, with that team, you know. Like I work in a, a nightclub, Fenia. We had a great team, and it was a lot of fun. And also, you know, you don't have to look look from your back. You know, over somebody's covering you. I would maybe work a couple nights just for fun, but yeah. like a regular gig, like in Houston, they pay like twenty to twenty five bucks an hour. That's definitely not enough for that. Yeah. No, it's not worth it. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Tough jobs. Yeah, it's, it's demanding, but it was really taught me a lot too. Yeah. I was working about human nature, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And you, you have to be able to sell things out by talking. You yeah. just can't be just, you know, going and throwing people out for nothing. It's, and if you work the same place for a long time, your face is, your personality is the one that makes it happen. Not just you going there and just, you know, showing people around. Right. And with your personality, you take care of the situation mostly. Yeah. Then you use forces if you have to, but yeah. yeah. I think maybe we should be we could be we could be wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Hey, thanks for coming and let's yeah, see. Um, yeah, I was happy to actually make it happen yeah. because I was kinda of desperate or sometimes <laughs> with the whole thing coming here with the COVID and it was a big pain in the ass. I actually made it here. I'm happy. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. It's cool. My pleasure.